<laughs> Welcome to Burning What's up, guys? Welcome to Hell. I am with Aliza Kelly. Welcome. Thank you. I'm I, I'm so happy to be in Hell. She's a columnist, a host, an author, but most importantly, an astrologer. And she's not any astrologer. She is the resident astrologer of Cosmopolitan Magazine. She's written two books, working on a third. She's basically like the hottest astro bitch in the planet because like if i'm gonna bring you guys some astrology shit i'm bringing you the hottest fire dope lady fire you can ever have so she has a weekly podcast stars like us that i just was on she read my chart it was unbelievable i'm looking through your website she just gave me one of her books the mixology of astrology where she makes cosmic cocktail recipes for every sign how much how cute can you be i try it's adorable um but she spends her days studying space and mythology researching the history of esotericism did i pronounce that right no but you said it beautifully <laughs> Wait, let me try it again esotericism uh so- softer c esotericism esotericism Oh, you know what? We're learning here (laughs) and leading a lot of workshops. In private practice, she reads birth charts for hundreds of individuals, including celebrities and public figures. And bravo, celebrities! And bravo, celebrities. That's going, that's going to be added to the website now. I'm reading this just because I love how well written it is because most comics bios are like, watch them do some bar shows sometimes. (laughs) Within each person is a complex cosmology, a symbolic bond between the universe and the existence. And existence. I'm really bad at reading. We alone have the power to manifest meaningful transformation. And astrology provides provides an ancient vocabulary that helps us understand our incredible superpowers and frustrating blind spots. I sound really pretentious. <laughs> well, I bring people on the show who know more than me about things. And a lot of people are listening right now and they're like, ah, fucking astrology bullshit. A lot of astrology haters out there. Yikes. What would you say to them? I would say, what's up? (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to get your chart right? (laughs) You probably secretly like astrology, but are societally conditioned to think that it is a bad way of seeing the world. But in fact, astrology is just a different vocabulary. Yeah. The one thing that I read, because I love astrology, but obviously there's different levels and in-depthness of astrology. Most people know the getting your horoscope of your sun sign. Um, also people have said that astrology is based from like years and years in the past and how like the tides were, but then tides have changed. And does that change signs? Like what's your opinion on that stuff? So, uh, yes, astrology is based on these archetypes that are thousands of years old, Yeah, but they're archetypes that are still applicable today. Mm -hmm. They're the archetype of, uh, you know, like a strict daddy. We Mm -hmm. have the archetype of like, a gambling uncle Mm -hmm. we have the archetype of a fertile woman Mm -hmm. right so these are still reference points that we can connect with in our current society Mm -hmm. obviously now in 2020 Mm -hmm. which sounds so futuristic yeah we are no flying cars just uh, jewels that are mango flavored (laughs) just flying cigarettes (laughs) (laughs) um we are we're we don't need to you know like look at the astrology chart to see how many crops we're going to yield or you know, how many babies we're going to have or when we're going to die because we're all living longer and we're not yielding crops in the mm-hmm. same way we were in the past. Mm-hmm. But astrology has 
evolved as we have evolved with our own interests. And now astrology is so much more um, psychology driven. It's so much more wellness driven. So it is basically just a, a practice. I like to say that astrology is a practice in empathy. Mm. Um, it is a practice of learning to understand yourself and then learning to understand how people are different from you and to find respect for how people are different from you. So have the tides of the planets changed and does that affect stuff now? So I practice Western astrology, mm-hmm. which is called tropical astrology, which uses the tropic of Cancer and Capricorn uh, 23 degrees and 27 minutes is sort of like the barometer of how we're seeing things. There's another type of astrology called sidereal astrology, which is like Indian Vedic astrology. Um, and that uses the stars. Mm. So that type of astrology, which calculates from the stars as opposed from the tropics, mm-hmm. uh, takes into account the ecliptic changes of the earth. Mm-hmm. Whereas the astrology that I practice is sort of like stuck between Cancer and Capricorn. Mm-hmm. But that is sort of the boundaries of how we are looking. That's the lens in which how of what we're using to look at the world. That's the language you're speaking. Exactly. Um, so it's not, you know, astrology isn't a science. It's not astronomy. Um, there's very little uh, relationship between what I do and what an astronomer would do. Mm-hmm. We don't use the same instruments. Mm-hmm. We look at the same planets, but we don't even call them the same things. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the sun is a planet in astrology. It's yeah. not a star. Um, so with that, like it's, you know, I think that one funny thing I have found with the astrology haters out there mm-hmm. is that they love to try to convince me that astrology isn't real. And they're like, how could people be born at the same exact time, live the same life? And it's like, no, that's not how it works. Mm-hmm. Like, we're obviously not just reading something and just accepting it at face value. We're mm-hmm. still using our critical thinking as we're applying astrology. Mm-hmm. We're just enhancing our lives through having this understanding that we are going to act differently than we feel. We're going to say things that are differently than we value. You know, there's nuance. People are complex. And mm-hmm. astrology is the language that speaks to that complexity. What made you get involved in this? You could say it was written in the stars. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's kind of weird. Like, I, um, I, I guess I was always, like, interested in uh, non-traditional sort of mystical occulty things but I was Were also you like, raised religious no um I was also like a punk yeah. like I was like you still kind of are thank you she uh, has like a Amy Winehouse-esque look oh my God. but a little more spiritual yeah unless wow. yeah beautiful description thank I you. haven't heard your voice your singing voice but well you should see me in karaoke hell yeah <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't see me in karaoke I'm terrible <laughs> um I studied art history in college I studied studio art and art history and I had the plan to basically emulate Mary Boone's life and become like a bad bitch art dealer yeah uh fast forward to a few years ago she is now in jail for the next 30 years so I'm really glad I went off course (laughs) um I love when people talk about courses because going off course so fun yeah and I also feel like I'm not religious either, but I am spiritual in that I feel like rejections and when you get pushed off a course is sometimes to get you back in the right course. Yes. I do believe that um, we are always paving our own way. You know, we are the ones who are steering the ship. Mm -hmm. So we need to decide if we want the terrain to be like coastal or if we want it to be 
mountain region or mm-hmm. if we want it to be fucking hell. Well, the way you react to things shapes your reality. Yes, right. And our reality is completely subjective. Mm-hmm. Um, and definitely there is no stars that are going to tell you what you are or aren't going to do. Um, it just is a roadmap for the options that you have. To, for people to understand this a little more, we went really in depth on Aliza's Stars Like Us podcast, but can you give a brief summary of when you did my chart? Um, I was born August 12th, 1991 in the Bronx and kind of just at 12.55 At 12.55 p.m., which is the important. Can you just tell me some stuff that we can learn from that? Yes. So when you have your uh, date, time, and location of birth, you plug it all in, and you can go on, if you have an iPhone, I recommend time passages. If you don't have an iPhone or you're like, I don't want to download that app, Castro.com is free. You get it for free, your birth chart. And your birth chart is a snapshot of the exact sky at your moment of birth. It was what the planets were doing when you popped out and you were born. And from an astrological perspective, it shows us your personality, your timeline, your likes, your dislikes. Um, it gives us information. And obviously, when I work with people, because this could sound very contradictory to what mm-hmm. I just said, I present them with these archetypes. You know, I will look at somebody's chart and be like, oh, wow, you had a really influential paternal figure in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the client will illuminate if that was their father or if that was an older brother, who that symbolizes to them. And we work together to sort of build the chart and make it come to life. Mm. Um, so when I looked at your chart, for instance, you have the sun and Jupiter in Leo conjunct your midheaven, which is showing us that you are like, it's the midheaven is your legacy, your career, your sun, your ego is at the top of your chart being expanded by Jupiter. So it's like you are going to take up a lot of space. Mm-hmm. Like you need to be seen. It is very important for mm-hmm. you to sort of be famous, you know, uh, and have a name for yourself in one way or the other. The question is, um, are you going to you know, like drive yourself crazy getting there mm-hmm. with the moon in Virgo. Mm-hmm. We didn't even really talk about oh, yeah, that on my didn't. show. But with the moon in Virgo, which is so analytical, so detail-oriented, such a perfectionist, yep. um, that can get in the way of you just like blasting forward into fame because you're so hypersensitive. You're picking up every single detail and nuance of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have a Scorpio rising, which is showing that you also are a regenerative person, that you're someone who is always transforming and rebuilding and you have this like phoenix energy. So we know that you are going to have many different careers in your life, that you are probably going to be famous for lots of different reasons. Um, And that's kind of a cool thing too because we don't often talk about being famous for lots of different reasons. But when you look at some of the most famous people, they're famous for lots of different reasons, you know? Yeah, I wonder what sex Bette Midler comes to mind. (laughs) Well, even now, people like corner me and be like, I love you on Summer House. And someone be like, I like your podcast. What's Summer House? And then it's a whole, or someone knew me from playing tennis at Beacon. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think we're all such multifaceted people. Also, that blows my mind. But do you also think that's why my stuff is interesting? Because they're kind of contradictory? Yes. Yes. I think that contradictions, Um, I, I love contradictions. When I see like uh hard aspects they're called in astrology when i see them in a chart i'm like ooh goody because do you think that's why i suffer from some mental health stuff uh from an astrological perspective probably because like, some stuff is fighting each other yeah i mean when we have conflict it's momentum mm-hmm. but it's also internal strife what do you mean by momentum it's the energy that fuels us forward ooh it's like um a catalyst right 
if everything is I am too, full of energy if my everything leg is too stop. easy peasy like in a birth chart or in somebody's life like they're not getting shit done mm. well it's funny it's there are so many people who do want that consistent like nine to five or like living in a small town and they don't want to be bothered with crazy shit all the time and like for people who are listening who are like that I kind of get it. Like my life is fucking hectic and crazy pants, but I think my <laughs> head is that too. So like if I was put in like a peaceful state, I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when I go out to the country, uh, the quiet yeah. is so anxiety provoking. But it's also important to like try to deal with I it. Try. We try. I try. I try. I'm hosting my first retreat in May <gasps> in Joshua Tree. Oh my God. Which is really, it is my favorite place. Um, the desert energy is like, I can really, really fuck with the quiet of the desert. Mm -hmm. It's more of like forest quiet. I've never been to Joshua Tree. It's amazing. Yeah. Okay, so as you're telling me all this stuff, like it sounds like you're into like understanding the universe and healing and being connected. What fucked up things happened to you to make you like this? Oh, I'm not <laughs> sure if like... <laughs> we want to know. We're in hell. Oh, boy. I <sighs> And whatever you say, I've probably covered. Okay. I mean, we... Where do we begin? Okay. So <laughs> pre, you know, generational trauma. Yeah. Uh, so we could start centuries back. Yeah. So the main, I would say, recurring themes and the things that I'm really healing are um, narcissism, mm -hmm. addiction, mm -hmm. um, escapism mm -hmm. um not having any sort of sense of reality in my household growing up uh, a really really nasty divorce between my parents when i was seven uh cancer uh since i my mom having cancer since i was 10 wow um and then obviously like my own then reactions to that so yep. my own addictions my own eating disorders my own like power struggles yep. um and yeah, I guess that brings us to right now. That is <laughs> that is fascinating. Are you, do you believe in past lives? Yes and no. I mean, I don't believe that like as fabulous as it would be to feel like I was Cleopatra in a past life. Mm -hmm. I think that past lives are more of what trauma our family imposes on us. That makes sense. Um, like I feel like my past life is still cycling through some of the things that my, you know, like the generational shit that my family yes. didn't work through. I th oh my God. I love that you said that because it, anyone who believes in anything can believe in that. I mean, it's proven that different, you know, people, your chromosomes yes. can like change based on trauma. Yes. It's like scientifically proven. I, a lot of New Yorkers I think are wild and outgoing and love comedy because we're immigrants. We come from like kind of traumatizing times. Like my family was from Sicily where like it was a lot of poverty and they came here and left family. And then I have a Jewish side, Holocaust. Hello. Um, <laughs> a little bit traumatizing. <laughs> so and people cope with it differently. Um, but it, it made me feel also a little saner. Like, I suffer from a little OCD, I suffer from anxiety, I can suffer from depression. Take the time to understand your family's darkness. Like, who cares about your family being perfect? Understand, like, talk to your mom about what she struggles with. Talk to your grandpa about, like, his mind. Because yeah. you will learn about yourself yes. and feel less crazy. Yes, and you'll also understand why you do the things you do. Like, yeah. um at a certain point, like when we're in our late 20s and our early 30s, which is such an important time for us, you know, independently from astrology, but also within astrology, it's sort of like the epicenter of the first 
it's like the the climax to the first part of our narrative mm-hmm. of the story of our life. It's mm-hmm. like big drama mm-hmm. happens. So when we reach that point, it's like we have the choice. Like, do we continue to perpetuate this pain um, or do we stop it? Uh, do we say, OK, I see you. You know, I see how this has influenced how my grandmother's eating disorder created my mother's eating disorder, created my eating disorder. Like, am I, do I want to continue this chain? Absolutely not. Why would I want to do that? But I have to be brave enough to then sort of look back, not just at my mom, but all the generations of people who have come past that and break the cycle. And the only way we can do that is by looking at our family. I'm I'm pulling up a tweet that I just did because that's how I live my life. Um, (laughs) And I just posted and I said, BRB trying to unlearn all my toxic childhood patterns. Yes. I feel like so much of adulthood in your teens, you're like learning stuff and early 20s, you're learning stuff. And then by like 28, I'm like, yeah, I need to unlearn all that bullshit that I thought I had or all those people who told me these things. And you go back to kind of how you were as a child before like all the influences started hitting you. But also there's so many raw parts of you that as a child that are great that you don't that you want to relearn like the playfulness the goofiness the innocent like there's so many parts that I miss about myself that I want back and I feel like that's alignment if anything yes I but I I have an interesting relationship with my little child self Mm -hmm. because um she also I think was very antsy like Mm. she wanted her life to be bigger Mm. than it was and she was like felt claustrophobic and this is even before my parents got divorced I was just doing some EMDR highly recommend for anyone who is working through some trauma stuff Woo! Uh, found memories that are not visual that are just sensory memories <gasps> and it was from when I was like two or three years old and I was miserable miserable in them um, in a lot of ways I feel like I'm happier I'm increasingly happier than yeah. I ever have been in my life and it's because I have more agency over my life does this make me a control freak? Absolutely. Yeah. Like, <laughs> for sure. But and I but have it's to like figure more that of your out. comfort zone. Yeah, I'm figuring that out as I go. I think when I was young, I was very playful. I was very creative. Um, but I was very antsy and I was very bossy. Everyone would tell me that I would like, tell all the adults to sit down and say, we're going to be in class and I'm the teacher. Uncle Johnny, be quiet. <laughs> and, I would just, yeah. and it was so funny because everyone else really kind of boss and my mom's like, she's going to be a leader. And I, I think like you pull certain sides that you liked about yourself. But I also think I was so antsy because I wanted to be like, go to an ice skating rink and not know how to skate and be like, I want to be the girl in the middle who's doing jumps. And my dad's like, you can't do that. You have to learn how to do it first. But I just like always wanted to do the hardest, greatest thing. Yeah. Um, um, and I think so mu- so much of our life we like will black out, and sometimes like the hardest part is re-remembering things and understanding why it happened, and then working through it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, whenever I lead a workshop, um, I always say like, how many of you guys are even going to remember you are ever here? You know. Like we live most, most of our life we don't remember. That's crazy. Yeah. We just move through the world. Isn't it weird the random things we do remember? Yes. Like it isn't always critical moments. It's like a taste of something or like a passing by or like someone saying something random. Yeah. I I mean, our consciousness is storing everything, even though we don't remember it. Our consciousness is like an ever expanding infinite landscape that is just taking things that we don't even know that we're processing like the person on the subway, mm-hmm. 
the way a building looks, the, a smell, and like storing it. And then we'll see some of that come out in our dreams, especially when it's like, it was kind of you, but it was like, not you. It's like a composite of like all the fucking oh, people we see all day long. I have the most realistic dreams. It's never like about like dragons and like, it's always like me walking into a room and like a conversation being had. Me too. It's like wild. It's very frustrating. It's very frustrating because you wake up in moods. Yes. And I, I will be mad at my boyfriend for like 48 <laughs> hours. The other night I had a dream that he proposed to somebody else in front of me and I was like how could you fucking do that and this is now in conscious life and he was like I didn't and I was like well you kind of did like <laughs> somewhere you did in my consciousness you fucking did that it, it happened somewhere it happened somewhere can you tell me what your chart says my chart reflects all of my shit I think that the reason that I found my way into astrology oh I guess to like close that loop yeah. is uh, I wanted to be an art dealer I started pursuing that and I was seeing that uh, I was not living my truth. And I mean that in like the most literal way possible. Uh, to be a successful art dealer in your early 20s, you need to come from money. You need mm -hmm. to come from a family that has connections because otherwise you are just chasing rich people yeah. all day long. And when yeah. you're in your early 20s, you're also like dealing with men who have money, you know, uh, and like it's just bad, bad, bad. Yeah, it's very confusing. <laughs> um, so I was going broke by pursuing my job mm -hmm. because I was like trying to keep up with this lifestyle that mm -hmm. I could not afford. So I was becoming increasingly disenchanted, um, just feeling like I was completely losing myself. I was talking with a friend about how like yeah, we were also single and on Tinder and we were like, oh my God, all these guys are so horrible. Like, wouldn't it be great if you could really meet someone that you are compatible with? Oh, like astrology, like that's a compatibility tool. Mm -hmm. Lo and behold, in a very similar way, both of us were Leos. We started an astrology dating app. Cool. But like not having any idea how to start an app yeah. at all. Yeah. Just like we're like, oh, that's what a great idea. What year was this? 2014, 2015. Yeah. Um, and the pushback that we got on it was insane. I mean, <laughs> to be a young woman who is trying to like work in tech in a mm -hmm. mystical space at mm -hmm. that time, like we would literally get laughed out of the room. Also, astrology wasn't that in at that point. Like yes. right now, it's the hottest topic ever. But back then, I could tell like probably most people were laughing at it. Yes, they were like this. Like also, you have to pitch to men. Uh, yes, and it was pitching to men who would tune their wives out when they would hear them talking about astrology. So then here yeah. comes two girls rolling in, being like, "Invest in our astrology app." And they were like, la, la, "Also, la, la. all these dating apps <laughs> need is women." And yeah. like astrology will bring women on the apps. Yes. I mean, I have I've, I've let that journey go a long time ago. Mm -hmm. So I so we, I left my job to pursue that. And then so I so entrepreneurial. What is the name of it? What was it the name was called that? a line? Um, did that for as long as I could. Meanwhile, I still have was in the debt from the previous job. Yeah. Obviously, I'm not paying myself for this venture. Yeah. So now I'm also working as a waitress. Mm -hmm. Like I'm having like massive sort of like ego deaths yeah. as I'm trying to build myself up. Yeah. Um, coming face to face with my family's finances, how they have no money. I was like kind of confused by that throughout yeah. my life. And then I was like, oh, shit. No, the reason that I got scholarships to everything is because it was financial aid packages like yeah. but nobody was communicating oh they to weren't me. talking yeah. about it um, which is also kind of an ego thing yes yes exactly and here i am like going to fucking art basel and shit like fronting like i'm a rich kid in la so basically like destroying my ego yeah while working with astrology starting to work with astrologers to build this company and the language that they're speaking and the way that they're communicating is like Finally, like something is clicking yep. where everything else was falling apart. Yeah. Um, 
Suffice it to say that fell apart. But that app led you to here. Yeah, exactly. I love when failures, like I put um, quotation marks with my hands. You guys didn't see that. Failures. <laughs> you missed it. <laughs> you missed it. Failures actually are successes. Yes. So you met this community and then you kind of got into it and then you realized that you could do like one-on-one consultations or group things. Well, it was it's interesting because when I, so my app failed, quote unquote, in 2016, $43 in my bank account. You basically were like, I don't want, did you invest money into it? I didn't have enough money to invest. So but you basically were like, this isn't going to work. Yeah. I, we were waiting for this, for these investors who like, when we Googled one of their names, like one of them had been arrested for prostitution, like uh, okay. not the most uh, stand up guys, yeah. you know, um, the dude having hired prostitutes yeah. to clarify. OK. Um, and then was just a lot of shady shit going yeah. on. Um, so when that investment fell through, which was a fucking blessing because they started to put all of these co- uh, terms in the contract that they would basically would have owned us. Yeah. Um, and we didn't get the money. The app had run out of money because it's fucking expensive to develop mm-hmm. an app. Who knew? Mm-hmm. And I had no money. And I was in L.A. And I basically had to decide, like, do I want to keep do I want to get a bullshit job here or do I want to get a bullshit job in New York? Mm-hmm. <laughs> because either way, I'm going to have to pay rent. New York, baby. So I chose New York, came back Both here. Both of the most expensive places. To pay rent. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, obviously, very funny that those are my options, yeah. but I'm from here. So I basically moved back home and it happened to be New York. Uh-huh. Um, and I took a job at as an assistant at a hedge fund. Mm-hmm. Um, at this point, I pretty much feel like my life is never, ever, ever going to get on track. And I'm 27. Like, I'm not a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, but I'm sort of, like, trying to make the most out of the situation. And I'm like, they, the great benefits, vacation time. You, did you say you're 30 now? Yeah. So three years ago, you basically didn't have a job, which is funny because I'm 28. And three years ago, I basically didn't have a job either. Yeah. Yeah. And you kind of, there are certain people, we have similar things in our charts, mm-hmm. other than both being Leos, <laughs> <laughs> that... Like there are certain people where it's like in order for them to evolve, they need to hit rock bottom. <laughs> and like I that's definitely the story of my 20s. Like was just yeah. rock bottom after rock I bottom. I had to hit rock bottom because the universe was like, you will push through. Like I had to be fired from my job. I had to like hate my job so much to quit the other one. Yes. Like I had to I had to make I had to be in a terrible relationship to get out of it yes but i guess when you think of things in that way you guys when you hit rock that's like i love breakups because i'm like oh my god this means there's more for me yeah right the story is still unraveling yeah (laughs) so you're working at this hedge fund so i'm working at this hedge fund and all the while um infinite shout out forever more to my amazing mentor annabelle gatt who was the advising astrologer for a line who i knew because she was also in the punk scene in new york city cool um and when I came back to New York, I remember she was like, come over. I went to her place in Greenpoint, P- Greenpoint, mm-hmm. Greenport, new place. Yeah. And I was like, everything, like, I'm miserable. Like, literally nothing is good in my life. And she was like, okay, why don't you come and take astrology classes here with me? And that's something that you can look forward to. And at that time, she was working with a bunch of other students. And I literally was over at her house every single day. Um, and it was the only thing that was I looked forward to. And it's funny because you're a very artistic person. Were you able to retain the information easily? Yeah, I think that it's 
when you have a very visual memory, yeah. it makes astrology easier. Okay, cool. I have a visual memory. Cool. You'll be an amazing astrologer. Because <laughs> <laughs> I have, I get intimidated by the books where it's just paragraphs of reading, like naming planets. Well, I don't process it that I way. I wouldn't have been able to either. Yeah. I needed to be sort of like guided visually and orally huh, mm-hmm. sexy <laughs> um, in order to really process it and understand it. And I was so, you know, the universe like aligned and just the, the right way and not the wrong way at that moment. And I was investing all of my free time into learning and studying and mm-hmm. I had no intention of profiting from it. Yeah, I was about to say, when did the monetization happen? The monetization happened about a year later, a little less than a year. Um, but you were in a happier place. No, <laughs> no, I was uh, miserable. I was miserable, but I didn't know a lot about astrology. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. I was miserable because I was still working at this hedge fund. Um, I was just really it was bad, dark times. Mm-hmm. But people started to, you know, I had at that point been doing astrology all the way since the Align days. So people were like and astrology is getting more popular. Mm-hmm. So Allure contacts me to start doing the weekly horoscopes because the original horoscope writer was like sick that day sorry girl mm-hmm. um then i people are saying do you like, like oh, to write do you want to yes i do i but horoscope writing is very exhausting mm-hmm. horoscope writing is not normal writing mm-hmm. i'm medium to cold about writing horoscopes most mm-hmm. of the time mm-hmm. but i do love to write mm-hmm. um so horoscopes and then workshops and then like slowly it like just things started these opportunities started just like cropping up out of fucking nowhere and I was like, okay, yes, yes, I'll take it, I'll take it. I was not ready at all to be full time astrologer. And then one day, I didn't I, even know that was a thing. I didn't know it was a thing. I didn't know I could really get paid for it. I didn't know I could make a life out of it. Um, literally, I walk into the hedge fund job, and there's a call, and everyone gets on, and the boss is like, okay, I'm closing down the hedge fund. Uh, as of right now, you no longer all have jobs. Right, it's done. And I and that was it. And then I got three months severance. And it was in that three months that I built my entire business that I'm still wow, working that's so off similar now to me. How it's like, you yeah. have to be fucking kicked in the ass yeah. out on the street. Yeah. And then you I, I tell it to my friends a lot who are like, but I feel really secure right now. And I'm like, have faith in yourself that when your back is against the wall, you will figure it out. So during those three months, what are some things that happened? Well, I was my default was like I need money I'm I need to support myself but for the first time ever in my life I had money coming in you had severance yeah and it was like it was the only thing that I had been missing this whole time was just the comfort of knowing that like I didn't need to take the lowest common denominator opportunity yeah and that I didn't need to like throw myself back into the job market immediately yeah. and I could just catch my breath. It blows my mind like on a podcast episode I did where I talked to somebody. She was just a very offhanded comment about her friend who had just left her job and visited her in Europe for mm-hmm. two weeks. And as she was saying that, I was like, I would have ne- I could have never done that because I if I lost my job or if I left my job, I would immediately need to start working again mm-hmm. in order to because I have so much trauma around money yeah. like it's such a triggering thing for me. Yeah. But for the first time at that moment, I was able to like be patient and wait and build connections and, and make decisions not based on money. Yes. And sometimes I mean, that situation is great. But if people can like really think like, OK, if I didn't need to pay the bills, what do I want to do? And then how can I figure it out? I think Summer House 
I'll be honest, they don't pay me that well. It's second season of a reality show. But it gave me enough buffer to be like, oh, I can do comedy shows for free mm-hmm. and like not feel guilty. Yes. And that sometimes like those free investments you do for yourself are actually what makes the most money for you in the long run. Yes. And you don't see it while you're doing it because if you're if you think about money too much, it really cuts all your creativity. Yes. I mean, I feel creatively inspired by money, too. Yeah. Like, I feel like, especially now that I'm in this space where, like, nobody, there's no path mm-hmm. that I'm following, like, mm-hmm. and everything is an option. It's like, sure, like, let's do a reality TV show based mm-hmm. on astrology and a book series and an international tour. Yeah. Why not? Like, n- do you feel like when people are talking to you, they want to put you in a box or, like, put you on a path and it frustrates them? I think that people, I'm kind of going back to how we started, like the astrology haters love to like try to like throw me off and Mm. have these intellectual conversations with me about science. And Mm -hmm. it's like, nah, dude, like I still go to the doctor. Like (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I'm still like a person of this era and time. Um, But I just, I know more. I can read people more. I'm more sensitive. I'm more gentle. I'm more kind. Like that's are you a little bit of a medium no I mean I'm very I'm an empath so I read people's emotions but no I don't have any uh spirits coming in do you do you find it exhausting to be so aware of people's emotions yes do you have to spend alone time a lot well I used to be a massive extrovert okay where I only could have energy from other people and as I've gotten older I've become more of an introvert interesting yeah Interesting. But it's also like now I basically work in isolation most of the time. And how do you like that? Well, I got a dog, so we're chilling. What kind of dog? She's a rescue. Beagle Chihuahua. Oh, oh, interesting. (laughs) Her name is Lucy. That's my middle name. Oh, my God. It's such a cute name. I wish it was my first name. I mean, (laughs) it's cute, but I just wish... I like it a lot. Hannah Lucy is really cute. Thank you. That's a that's a baby girl name. It is. <laughs> it's a yeah, baby. Lucy. It's a baby Lucy. <laughs> so I want to wrap this up with a final game called the Seven Deadly Sins. Seven Deadly Sins. You ready? I guess so. What are you greedy about? Uh money you're like um planets (laughs) (laughs) yes of course money i mean i i am and i'm not like i i teach money manifestation um and i love doing money manifestations with people because i'm very powerful and it always works it's worked for me and the way basically the secret sauce is to get more money give money so donate to an organization that you care about Mm -hmm. Venmo your friend who you know is having a tough time, like Mm -hmm. circulate money energetically. And that is the way that you'll always get more like more money, more abundance. That's how I overall feel about energy in general in terms of like kindness or you want more love in your life. Give love. Don't just like, like, I wish someone loved me. But I would say that despite the fact that I am very like, you know, I'll always like support my friends and buy their books or um, I give money to organizations a lot like. I still have scarcity thinking when it comes to it. So I still get like, "Mm -hmm," like really wound up Mm -hmm. in certain things. And I'm trying to learn how to release it. It's funny because I've been told that like money always surrounds me. Like I'll never have an issue with money. 
but I was very cheap and I realized that was just a control thing uh, that I felt like if I wasn't like knowing exactly what I was spending all the time, then I'd be out of control. Yes. And it took me like becoming depressed to realize like that shit is so stupid that like me spending $15 on an Uber shouldn't ruin my day. No. And now I like spend so much on Ubers and stuff. <laughs> and now I have a spending problem. <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm getting reported by Uber for over years. <laughs> but it's like there is a... You don't want to go extreme in either direction of yeah. control and finding that happy medium of like, I know, I trust myself that I know if I'm going too far with something. Um, who are you envious of? I I think I've in a lot of ways like really fixed this one. I don't, no, no one comes to mind right now. I have, I one of my practices is wishing the people that you're envious or jealous of well. Mm. Um and I have spent so much energy doing that that I genuinely want people who I would even like, I'd be like, I'm so competitive with them in mm -hmm. my head to like succeed um, that it's like they've become extensions of myself. Do so you just tell yourself that over and over again? Or you, you like and it starts to actually be an well, authentic when, feeling? Yes. When like when I was practicing it, if I would see on social media, mm -hmm. somebody had like a really seemed like they have a, a great gig. And I was like, why didn't I find out about that? Mm -hmm. I would be like man i hope they fucking kill it yeah like yes double like like yeah. <laughs> share it genuinely like pushing it out to the world yeah. get it to as many people as possible i hope that they succeed and i'm really genuinely not i'm i'm envious of myself i got even excited yeah i got <laughs> excited you even saying that i think i do that but it was because tennis was i was straight out you have to root against other girls yeah. there's a whole ranking system if you want to be ranked higher she has to lose this match and if she wins this match i have to play her and i don't want to have to play her it was constant rooting against people so the second i got into a creative space and i hated the feeling of jealousy or coaches being like why don't you play like her why isn't your backhand as good as hers i was like wait we're not playing against each other i can actually root for her and then with that became like freedom yeah of my own mind yes. and like so much more abundance I think for myself and I realized like I love bragging about my friends I love being like oh she's my friend she's well my I friend. mean even from like just a completely selfish level like you want to align yourself with successful people Duh. yeah I mean you are really like the five people you surround yourself with and I've been talking to Paige who's my one of my best friends on some she's my best friend on Summer House and we've you know, we're kind of lined up to compete against each other. And we laugh because like we t and whenever one of us gets weird about something, we talk it through. Like we'll be like, you know, I noticed that like someone said that like you have more followers than me and it's like fucking weird. And then I'll be like, yeah, it is fucking weird that we're stuck in this stupid thing. But you're the shit. And like we just build each other up and like and face all our insecurities together. Yes, it makes such a difference. It frees up so much space. What are you gluttonous about? croissants <laughs> <laughs> i fucking love croissants. so you how do you pronounce it croissants okay i'm not gonna lie sometimes i say croissants oh because i'm an asshole yeah well i feel weird being like croissant croissant well i i definitely can't i'm not gonna even try to I, say it with a with i a had, i can't even speak french and i'm like croissant croissant i croissant. have I had a tweet that went viral that said, um, you can tell a lot about a person by how they pronounce croissant. Well, what do you think about my pronunciation? I like, you're a New Yorker. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I started saying croissant because I don't eat them a lot. Yeah. See, that's, and I wanted to say I don't, cool. I, I try not to eat them a lot, but like, yeah, hell yeah. Do you I know what's even better than a croissant? What? Croissant sandwiches. We put shit in it. I don't, I, I just go, go straight butter. Oh. Straight butter croissant. 
You put butter on it? No, no, no. I was just, about to say, no, that's some that's gluttonous cra- that shit. That is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. Like, now I have judgments <laughs> on you. <laughs> um, when was the last time you experienced extreme wrath? feel angry a lot more than I used to. Why? Because I am trying to not just be sad. <laughs> oh. Well, so, so I'm trying okay. to explore a full range of emotions. I love that self-awareness. I would say having the safety of a really solid relationship unfortunately has brought out my anger yeah um because again like i feel like i never felt safe enough to call people out or yell at people because i was like oh i don't want to lose anything um but now that i'm in a safe relationship it's like i luke i love you thank you for dealing with me (laughs) name yes he i agree i want to name my kids luke and lucy with the middle name i think you can make it work yeah with anger i feel also women are taught not to be angry and to express anger so um Go curse someone out. We're in New York. No one cares. When was the last time you were a sloth? So like lazy. Well, I have so much work to do all the time um, that sometimes like I'll reach maximum capacity and I'll just be like, nothing gets done. Yep. (laughs) You ever know those hours where all you want to do is one thing and in your procrastination for that one thing, like five hours go by and you're like, I could have just yeah done something else story of my life or actually just relax during those four hours right. instead of like procrastinating i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do it right. i did that yesterday with one podcast ad i couldn't i just like couldn't get myself to record yeah, sometimes it. i just can't do this thing <laughs> and i end up just being like you know what this isn't getting done mm-hmm. netflix yeah. let's go hell yeah i just watched the entire office oh my gosh a lot of seasons wow well yeah. congratulations Thank you. I've actually- it gets really bad at the end Oh, that's upsetting. I know. People don't talk about that enough. (laughs) Um, When was the last time you let your pride get in the way of something? Um, I don't know if it is the last time that I let it get in the way of something, but I definitely have a, I definitely have a pretty big ego. Mm -hmm. And if I feel like I'm being made to seem stupid or diminutive or like I'm being put into like this like wacky mystical box Mm. then I start to get like my ego starts to come out and I start to get really proud about it and I'm sure over these years there have been opportunities that I've turned down because I felt like they were beneath me because they were limiting I mean do I care at the end of the day no not really like you deal with like with astrology the ego does play a role do you try to be like get another side of you to overtake it or how does that manifest well i have uh this for astrology listeners out there eighth house stellium sun in the eighth house conjunct my south node anytime i do something that comes purely from place of ego it blows up in my face Mm. it's the trap of my chart Mm. so i have had to learn how to uh not in order to be successful (laughs) well it's good to see the result of your ego yeah um who is the last person you lusted over? Like, do you have any celebrity crushes? No, I feel so boring. I don't have any celebrity crushes. Um, I. What's I, your type? I, in a, so many ways, like I feel there have been phases mm-hmm. of types. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been with my current boyfriend now for almost three years. Wow. So congrats. thank you. It's a long time. And I feel like he has become like, I love him. He's become really like a symbol of my type. Um, in the past, I was attracted to narcissists. You're like, I love a narcissist. <laughs> I love addicts. Uh, well, I love addicts. I 
realized that so much of me, you know, in these relationships was me not fulfilling my creative potential. Mm. And when I started to fulfill my creative potential, I realized that what I wanted in a partner was so different than what I thought. I thought that I wanted to be with someone who was like alpha. Me and too. Turns out I just want to be alpha. When I go me. for the loud party boys, it's terrible because I am alpha too. And I realize it was just me not feeling strong enough within myself. Yes. Oh my God, you nailed it. Well, to wrap this up, I ask everyone the same question, which is what advice would you give to people on how to cope with their hell? Hell is not an easy place to be. But in astrology, one of my favorite things about it is that everything is cyclical. So it reminds us that like even the toughest and darkest of times too will pass and that there is going to be some resolution that you may not be able to see yet, but is is out there. And you just have to get yourself to the other side. Nothing is stagnant. Nothing is stagnant. That's just not how the universe works. Aliza, you are so fascinating, so incredible, so smart. I am so happy that you've been on. Where can people follow you? Where can people buy your books, join your whatever you want? <laughs> uh, so I'm on all the social media, including TikTok. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Watch out. <laughs> um, at Aliza Kelly, A-L-I-Z-A, K-E-L-L-Y. That's also my website. You can buy my books wherever books are sold. Support your local bookstore. Mm-hmm. Store. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Clearly, I'm getting into character. <laughs> um, and join the Constellation Club, which is our online content Oh, yeah. Cousin. I just joined. And then you have you have cosmopolitan going on and you have some retreats yes there's there's a lot of first yes i i I mean this won't be the only one it won't be the only one i'm so excited about it um yes come along for the ride thank you guys for coming to hell um (laughs) i now i have a patreon option now for three dollars a month I'll put you my close friends and I'll give you Summer House recaps while Summer House is going on. Oh, shit. And yeah, Sign me up. It's going to be rowdy. Yeah, $3. What is $3? I I've poop out $3. Anyway, <laughs> um, and if you enjoy this episode, screenshot it, rate, subscribe, review, swipe up. Who knows? I love you guys so much. <laughs> I'll talk to you later. Bye. <laughs>